This podcast is all about talking about the questions that we all have in relation to Christian life in the world. Have to um, put a camel through a needle or something. Mm -hmm. Then we have to, you know, face like, persecution. Like wear a mask. What <laughs> so, uh, a hot take. Hot take. <laughs> I'm a normal dude. George is a Presbyterian pastor. Right. This is not for homeschool Johnny. Hello and welcome to a very special edition of Cool Kids Bible Study. Pastor George, we're reunited. Yes, we're, we're reunited in my apartment. For the first time in six years. Okay, it's I hot joking, as shit in here. I jokingly refer to this place as a shithole, but holy, I mean, your money really doesn't go far in this <laughs> <of> New Jersey. <laughs> this is rough. <laughs> Uh, let me set the scene here. So uh, it's a brick building. I'm get what construction. I don't Probably know. Probably like 1967, something like well, that. I was, I was gonna guess. I was gonna guess like I don't know 1907. No, like I was. No, no. <laughs> I think it was more recent than that. Definitely post 50s at least. I think I, I'm at, my guess is 67. Let's just say I wouldn't be shocked if there was a catacombs beneath. Yeah. The building we're in right now. Yeah. Crawl space um, where someone has been buried. It's, it's hot as balls. Yes, it is. Because the air conditioner vents directly into the back of a couch. Right. And uh, someone could have placed that better, I suppose. It might be 10 years newer than the building itself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's not the uh, it's not the greatest of uh, of air conditioners. I, Already we've turned it off and it's hot <laughs> as shit in here. I told you. Uh, it's, it's really like this is this is like it. If we could interview someone like under duress, it's going to be all sweating. Repent. <laughs> <laughs> this is what it's going to be like if you don't repent. <laughs> imagine, now imagine the flames of hell for eternity. <laughs> the guy sitting here like, all right, all right. I, I, I should have put deodorant on my balls. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So we're, we're, uh, we're in studio. I mean, doesn't feel like we haven't seen each other for six years. Yeah, but it has been the case. That's been about the time. Six well, years. you know what? That that sounds like ripe content mm. for light banter. Yes. Yeah. So here we go. <clears throat> and now for a spot of light banter. So we're 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 close friends. We might be best friends. Yes. Yeah. I think we're probably best friends. Yeah, you're I would my say best, best friend. friend. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You're okay. like one of my friends, I guess. Okay. Well, yeah. <laughs> I have many best friends. I don't play those games. It's putting yourself in a real position of vulnerability to admit something like that and then and just to get Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> life is, you know, you win some, you lose some and and I've I've lost, but I'll win again. Yes. So it, yeah, it really is weird, man. It doesn't feel like we've not seen each other in person for six years. You look, you don't age. You just sort of like it's gradually get fatter and skinnier over time. Fatter and yeah, I really oscillate in that way. Yeah, it's like a, a moon cycle. Yeah. Like whenever I see a photo of George, I'm like, is it full moon George? Which is the or fat one. Is it a waning gibbous <laughs> or a sort of waxing crescent? <laughs> Maybe we should bring back astrology and see how it tracks with the the cycles of Venus or whatever. Soon, yeah, I'll bet, you know, I'll bet if we pulled up your astrological charts, it would say he doth fluctuate <laughs> in, in paunch with the moons. <laughs> in paunch. And lo, did his paunch wax and wane with the tides. Yeah, I mean, I got to look good for the reunion that's coming up. So, um, you know, I need to uh, I need to look like I'm successful. And that means being fast. So for anyone who's into moon cycles, Pastor George is a 
I'd say a, a waning gibbous right now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, just to set set the scene further. Yeah, wow, I'm sweating. I know. <laughs> I know, dude. Okay. This is what it's like for me in my daily life. If you, I'm not going to reveal your rent per se, <laughs> but if you if you put down this money in Charlotte, you'd be in something that was built, you know, uh, in the last. I don't know, four minutes. No doubt. Right? You'd have new appliances. I mean, this is really like, I, I'm from, so I should clarify, I'm from the state of, the great state of New Jersey. Right. But I haven't been here since, you know, I left for Armenia all the, all those years ago. Right. And it, it's really, it is, it is rustic. I mean, it's rustic. It's, dare I say, ratchet. It's a little ratchet. <laughs> I mean, I, so. Doesn't rustic kind of imply rural? I thought that's. I, to me, it implies rust. <laughs> I don't think that's. I don't think that's where it comes from. Dude, I I was waiting for you to pick me up at uh, Terminal C Newark yeah. Airport, EWR, yeah. the Iwer, and I'm like waiting, you know, just outside by the by the street, looking for your car. Right. And all of a sudden, some like black liquid just splashes down and hits the person next to me. <laughs> Good. That's and exactly guy, how it should be. The guy just goes, oh, fuck. And then, like, you know, <laughs> takes his sunglasses off. And I'm like, this state really, you, you expect that over time, areas modernize. Uh huh. When I grew up in New Jersey, it was in the 80s. And I guess you didn't now, grow up in the 80s. No, but the, the vibe <laughs> of New Jersey was very much 80s okay. in the 90s. And I feel like it's only now moved into the 90s. <laughs> right. Where black liquid is just descending from the sky. Right. Yeah. And accosting. Yeah, grungy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's basically it. I mean, New Jersey is not not the best when it comes to infrastructure. So mm -hmm. to put it lightly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so it's not at all a surprise. On, Who remembers on Bridgegate? I remember Bridgegate. Yeah. Hopefully our listeners do as well. There's no way. We're not even going to cover it. If you want, Google it. But I don't know. <laughs> our mayor like uh, held a bridge our hostage. Our mayor held a bridge hostage. <laughs> Is that it? <laughs> governor. It's our, our governor. <laughs> our governor held a bridge hostage. Or Which every single New Jersey governor has a scandal. Like yeah. It's, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's nothing against in particular ones other than they're all corrupt, just in different ways. Chris Christie is a guy that should have followed his brother's route of just becoming like a day trader. Oh, yeah. And, you know, uh, shorting stocks in his pajamas. Yeah. And then golfing. But yeah. Instead, you know. <laughs> he had to go the politics route and hold bridges hostage you what know, as if that's any more noble one of the best things is chris christie's really into uh sports and so he would host the sports radio segment once in a while when he was governor <laughs> and then uh you know people would call and be like hey uh this is Vito from randolph and he'd be like oh what's up Vito?" and he'd be like and then, you know they'd get in some political argument you'd be like i didn't know they had communists in randolph nice of you to call in Vito. thanks stuff wow. like that so it's great you can look it up on youtube all his uh you know all the call-ins from his shows george i i've got this we, we we made a reference i forget what episode but to the idea of being what is it to be a new jersey pastor yeah and the ultimate jersey pastor would be the guy 
that, you know, goes to the funeral. He has to do the funeral of a guy who's an atheist. And right. he's like, look, uh, <laughs> Johnny, I'm not saying he's burning in hell, but he's not playing no harps. We don't got to go out like Johnny. <laughs> I want to... I want to develop this into a pilot episode. Oh. Or something. We can the workshop new, it a little. We could workshop this. The New Jersey pass. Now that I'm back here. And I'm, the, gr- <laughs> the energy's flowing. The grime yeah. is seeping into my skin. Yeah, yeah. Right? Like, I feel so much dirtier than I did two hours ago. In a good way. Again, right, this yeah. is all complimentary. Right, yeah. Right? You know? Sometimes in order to get work done, you have to get a little bit dirty. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. Right? Uh, as per our um, sit in the smoking section theme. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, the New Jersey pastor, I feel like, is what this country needs right now. Mm. Just a guy, just a, a, first Mm. of all, he's got to be about 300, 350 pounds, Italian, (laughs) uh, always eating a cannoli, then always has cannoli on his shirt, right? Gotcha. From from the night before. He's like, oh, wow, that's just a bit of cannoli. Or on his his robe or something. Yeah. This is a little cannoli. What are you going to (laughs) do? Where someone, where like, okay, so George, I'm going to put you in the, in the Jersey pastor seat. Okay. So I'm going to come in. I'm a 17 year old girl. All right. Uh, and I'm going to come in and I'm going to be like, um, my, so uh, I, ha- I have this, I don't know what this accent is, <laughs> oh, whatever it is, it's going to get me in trouble. Okay. So let's just say she's German. Okay. Yeah. Of course. Hello, pasta. Hello, New Jersey pasta. I am, uh, Hilde and, uh, mine boyfriend, friend, <laughs> boyfriend, <laughs> mine boy toy friend is uh, trying to pressure me into doing sex with him. Uh, what do I do? I really like him a lot. I think I love him. <laughs> that's that's what I'm supposed to. That's your yeah yeah yeah. That's all, that's all I have to go on. Now your New Jersey pastor needs to come out hard right now. Come out hard. Yeah, you need to come out New Jersey hard. Oh man, don't do it, or I'll excommunicate you. <laughs> <laughs> You're cruising for excommunication. <laughs> yeah, I can't do the accent. That's the problem. I'm not Italian. You get, I'm nearing oh, 400. Oh, you're worried about the backlash from the Itai community? <laughs> you, really? They're not scary anymore. They haven't been scary in like 30 years. That's true. I don't know one Italian in New Jersey who's part of the mob. No, they don't. They're they're not. They're just unintimidating at this point. All they do is like drive Fiats and... <laughs> You know, talk about their grandma and how great she is. Right. You know. Yeah. How she makes the best uh, Zeppeli donuts or whatever. Yeah, whatever. You know. So I'm not scared of of the Italian community anymore. I'm not scared of the Australian community. (laughs) Right. Yeah. We we clarified that last time for sure. Australians, nothing to be scared about. Americans, but worse. Right. That's. They're. Yeah. That was what you. That was what but, I took okay. away from the conversation. Look, George, I'm disappointed with your New Jersey pastorship here. I'm not a mean guy, Cole. I know. We need more. <laughs> we need more mean people. <laughs> yeah, of course. That's what New Jersey needs. More more people who are mean. The clergy just, yeah, the clergy needs some assholes right now. Yeah. yeah. I'm telling you. This is my, like, this is my thing. Theory. <laughs> this is my theory. Yeah. I think like uh, the, the people are getting too, leaning too far towards the like let's just oh like we're all basically the same and let's just love each other which is good (laughs) (laughs) but that's the kind of shit i should be doing Uh so that there's an asshole pastor somewhere that's like 
You, you live in sin, you burn in hell. You know, like, can we have a little more of that? But, like, so I don't have to do it? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Hilda. If you live in sin, you burn in hell. You know what? This is not born fruit, has it? No. All right, fuck it. Was, it. It, was a, it was a dumb idea to begin with. <sighs> All right, well, full disclosure, I've been up since 3 a.m., I had to catch an early flight that was then delayed by an hour. Right. So, uh, I've, you know, I mean. <laughs> and he he did not. Normally, Cole likes to get some hair of the dog on flights, and he, he didn't have that today. Where so, do you get this idea? That the fact I, that you drink all the time? <laughs> that's not. <laughs> no, hold on. Like, okay. All right. Where it comes no, from. you're, you're, yeah, please. No, I please. got upgraded to first class on a couple, uh, what's the Russian, Aeroflot flights. Sure. And. In Aeroflot first class, right, not only do they have, you know, they have wine, various libations, right, potables. Yeah. They have a separate champagne menu. Oh, wow. Okay. Wow. So even Air France first class will offer you generally one champagne, sometimes two, but generally they have one champagne on the menu. Aeroflot had six. In case you can tell, Cole flies a lot of first class. No, 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 no. This is just so this a is few why chance I, encounters. No, no this is why I bring it up. This is exactly No, I'm, it. look, I'm just like a normal guy, but <laughs> a couple times I got upgraded. You know, But if, if someone hands you a menu with six champagnes and it's complimentary, you're going to want to try at least three. And it happened to be not a crazy early flight. 10 a.m. wheels up. So by the time they're serving champagne, it's 11 a.m. I mean, it's practically five. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I had a few, I had a few champonskis. So this happened once, and this lives, you know, no, eternally in George's memory. Ha- no, that Cole I'm, just has a reputation for being a dandy, but not an earned one. <laughs> not an earned one. No, this is just a joke that spiraled into. Now while we're uh, while we're reliving past memories. Uh, we, um, we went to, uh, my high school graduation trip. We went to Florida. Yeah. Yeah. We went to Universal Studios and Cole, uh, is a little bit of a fashionista. Not, not true. A little bit of a dandy. No. And, uh, he has these jeans that can't get wet. At all. No, no, no. It wasn't that they can't get wet. They're raw denim jeans. So <laughs> if, if anyone's familiar with raw denim, okay. I think my you, point's been made. You break them in, <laughs> okay, and you don't want to wash them for the first, like, six months. So the way that you do it is you have you've, antimicrobial spray you can use, and also you can freeze them to oh, kill the bacteria. Right, I remember you freeze them. But they them got wet fr- on yes. a ride that they were not supposed to get wet on, yeah. and I was pretty pissed. I mean, it was it was a water ride. But they weren't supposed to, we weren't, look, you assholes told me, once again, I'm get, I get fucked over and then I get mocked. Ugh. And I'm getting mocked. The episode's called God is not mocked. I know. Yes. And it's turned yes, out it into, yes. into Cole is mocked. Yes. Yeah. Which is Pro- not supposed to be. So. We're supposed to be talking about who is and is not mocked. Mm, not. Mm. Okay. Anyway, no, I highly recommend raw denim because, you know, <laughs> especially these were unsanforized as well. So if anyone knows about the sanforization, no, we're not going to go into it. Right. Yeah. Uh, are, you, it, are you wearing raw denim right now? Okay. So these. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Tell me. Yeah. Yeah. 
These jeans are uh, uh, from a North Carolina, a Charlotte-based jean manufacturer called Anarchy Denim, spelled A-N-A-R-K-E, yeah. that unfortunately went out of business because they had a very limited number of clients. But these are, are Japanese, these started their lives, okay, as <laughs> Japanese white denim jeans. Oh. But as you can see, wow. they're, they're blue. Yeah, yeah. But they're, they're patterned yeah. because they were hand Dipped dyed oh, okay. in Charlotte. Wow. And so these are this is actually a pretty unique pair. Yeah, of, no, yeah. They only imported, I think, a few hundred pairs, and then each were hand dyed differently. Right. Uh so they're all unique. They're unique. Yes, yeah. 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 So anytime anyone reads a history book and you're like reading about like someone and they're like, he was described as a dandy. You can think like this is a very good modern equivalent of like what they're trying no, to get across. No, come on. No, I just like uh, craftsmanship. And is that a, <laughs> where's the okay? Where's the line for you then? Right in between like being an admirer of finely crafted, like the sort of the the, 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 the worksmanship behind an object and being materialistic. Like where would you where, where do you? Put I that? wouldn't say you're materialistic. I just think you're a dandy. No, no, no. But, 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 okay, but where do you put that line then, broadly speaking? Between being materialistic and appreciating craftsmanship? Yeah. I think uh, it would come down to like how much of something like you put your stock in. So like people who are materialistic put their stock in materials that they have, right? Right. While people who can appreciate craftsmanship, like, you know, it, 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 I would stereotype you this way. And I don't think you you are this way, at least anymore. But I would be like, if you all of your raw denim got like uh, uh, wet or something like that, <laughs> and you'd be like, no, not my raw denim, no, <laughs> that would that would be my life is ruined. That would be more materialistic. Yeah. And then instead of just appreciating that these are raw denim jeans, you know, right? I but eventually you do soak them. Okay. You do you do a tub soak? <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, and then if the it's if they're unsanforized, then they will uh, shrink about an inch at the waist. At that point, right? Okay. So if they're a little tight at the beginning, you want to wear them till they loosen. Oh, okay. And then if they're unsanforized, then you wash them for the first time, and they will they'll tighten. All right, whatever. Look, <laughs> you've got me on this raw denim and sanforized versus unsanforized denim yeah. tangent. That, that I, frankly, I did not prepare for. I don't have notes for this. Right, me neither. You know? so That's why we call it light banter. All right. Well, w- you know, we're going to call it done. Okay. Because we're going to move on <laughs> to... Deep dive. The deep dive. So here we go. George's deep dive. It's so deep! Okay. And we're back for George's deep dive. Today's conversational topic the agenda that we got for today it's it's called god is not mocked so i'm going to introduce where i got this concept from now uh i was going through the comment sections of various uh christian movies uh-huh you know yes and um this one movie in particular that like we have a lot of like soundboard uh quotes from where it's like uh Satan is trying to lure you, to pull you off track, all these things. We don't have a soundboard today, so we're going to do all this in post. But It'll sound um, great. It'll sound great. But, like, one of the comments was, like, from this guy who went to Catholic school where he said, hey, 
I was forced to watch this movie, and it's an absurd movie, right? right. I, yeah, you, I, you sent the link. I never watched it in full, though. Yeah, so so it's it's the movie where um, we're thinking we might do that for a bonus episode. It's the like, meme, like, "Hey Johnny, Jesus man," like right, comes from yeah, yeah. Where, where this, this or that uh, I I want to have fun, or yeah. I, you want to sin? Yeah, no, 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 no. The kid goes. He goes, I'm missing out on all the fun. And the dad goes, you're missing out on all the sin. Right. Right. Just right, insane. Right. right. right? And, and like insane on its face. And it has a sweet message that like, you know, basically the kid wishes uh, that he was never a believer. And so he, he lives, he goes from being like sort of like a pious, good natured kid to being like a sort of like hedonistic, uh, irreligious high schooler who's like partying and driving around in a Wrangler and all that jazz. Sure, yeah, and, yeah, cool kid. And in, in, yeah, a cool kid, if you will. <laughs> and in this transition, he he realizes that oh wow, like there are all of these kids that I was sort of shining a light into their lives, but now that um, I'm not doing that, they've had it. They they they're a little too on the nose a few times like sure yeah it's they're a like Christian movie they're like that they're like hey where's Johnny and the kids like this angel appears and is like remember how you were doing Bible study with Johnny yeah we used to do it every week well Johnny doesn't early. have your oh. <laughs> your Bible study to keep him going and to keep the Lord's light in his life anymore. So he killed himself. Yeah, <laughs> I, I like, knew. I was gonna guess a drug overdose. Yeah. No, okay. Yeah. So he so he drove his mom's car off a bridge, and it's like okay, it's just an absurd film. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, kind of like uh, what do you call it? That um, that Christmas movie or whatever, where he's like, I wish I wasn't alive. I forget what it's called. Everyone in the comment section, yeah, you know what it is. The, the movie's called I think, the Second Glance or something. Christian movie. The second chance. Yeah, and it's like you know the classic story of actually you do contribute a lot, you just don't know how. Yeah, it's it's all yeah. on YouTube. It's a fifty minute movie. You know, make a drinking game out of it. Have fun with it. But anyway, I highly so recommend this, seeing it. So this, this Catholic guy, this Catholic guy was forced to watch this in school, and when he kind of laughed at the various hilarious parts of the movie, right? That is just so absurd that they defy all understandings of reality. You know, this this uh, nun, like, I don't know, reprimanded him and screamed at him, and she made him go to detention, and she was like, God is not mocked. How dare you? God is not mocked. Ah, uh, okay. And he was like, I can't, you know, he had lapsed since this, and sure. he was like, I can't even count the number of times I've been told, like, God is not mocked. Right. And I was, like, really pissed off when I read that. Okay. Because... It's not as if the guy was mocking God. Right. He was kind of mocking the uh, the movie. Yeah. What that woman was really saying is my authority is not mocked. Mm. And this movie is not mocked. Mm. And, you know, you will behave the way I see fit for you to behave. It, had nothing, right. it has nothing to do with God. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, she's getting that idea well she she that so she's quoting the bible when she says that that's from galatians 6 7 um and in that paul tells people he's like do not be deceived god is not mocked but there, it's not as though the word mock there in the greek is like a um 
it, it actually, it's more of like a sneering or like a turn your nose up. That's actually what it literally means, right? And that's been translated into English as like, don't mock. More like life. an attitude of derision. Yeah, yeah. Actually, yeah. derision is probably the best way of thinking about it. Um, it, it doesn't really have much to do with uh, comedy. It has more to do with like uh, just being, you know, mean spirited or something like that or like mm-hmm. looking down on something right so, and, and in that context paul's talking to the galatians who've who have changed the teachings that he's given them so he's he's saying right. you know don't do that like you can't you really he's saying you can't fool god in, yeah they're the not picturing like like uh some jerry seinfeld bit where he's like why stone tablets? Why do they have to be stone? Couldn't you use something lighter? Right. Couldn't you magically make the stones lighter? What if he dropped one? Right. What then? I mean, come on, this is basic stuff, people. Like, right, right, they're, right. They're not the, right. You know, right. that's not the context through which the you know for which this uh, scriptural quote was uh, was created. So yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Number one, it's like a complete like misunderstanding. Oh, also, yeah, I don't want to pick on the Catholics because in the replies to that comment, there oh, were yeah. people from all sorts of different like Christian faith backgrounds yeah, being yeah. like, being like, oh, I was told God is not mocked at, at like blah 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 all the time growing up. Right. And it just seems like a cheap way to say like shut your fucking mouth. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like, I think if anything, God is probably more offended by that <laughs> than anything else. Right. Uh, but yeah, at the same time, like teaching. The faith is really hard. Yes, it is. So yeah, and of um, course, and you know, just to say, like, if anything that you hold dear to yourself, if people make fun of it, especially in if you don't understand why they're making fun of it, or you know, you think it's for a mean reason, of course, you're going to respond in in a way that is you know defensive. And so yeah. I think a lot of people do that too. And so you know, it's kind of I think like as a as a Christian, it's like. How do you deal with that when that happens? Because mm-hmm. we're actually told people are going to make fun of us. Like that's like yeah, something yeah. that's like actually something that that's said in the New Testament. So it's it and if Jesus like wards people about right that people are going to scoff at you and things like that. And so it's 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 like how do you deal with that? That's kind of important. But um, but yeah. So I, I understand why people have that reaction. I think it's just like how is a way that you can respond in a, a better in a more loving way and things and things like that. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. When my teenagers do it, I usually roll with it and turn something, try to turn something into a comedic moment, even if it's like self-deprecating or kind of turn it back on them or something, you know? Yeah. Uh, but you have to, yeah, that's why, you know, you do improv camp. You, you keep bringing this up. I think it's really funny. And it's why one of the, it it's funny? some of the best advice you ever gave me. Uh, cause it's just, it's, I just, something I remember from high school about you is that was, I asked I you, gave you, I asked you, I, yeah, well, no, it wasn't advice, I guess. I was like, Cole, how are you? Cause Cole's like, you know, a little shyster. And so anytime you ever said anything to him, he'd be, you know, he'd have some witty retort and I'd be like, wow, Cole, how do you do that? And you're like years of improv camp. Well, that, and I and, just think that's such a funny response. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the, the real answer, unfortunately, is just high verbal IQ. <laughs> right, of course. But, yeah. But, but um, yeah, because uh, trust me, like, a lot of people did like a lot of improv and uh, they're not witty oh, or we know, funny. Oh, we know college high, college improv groups. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. yeah I think the, the, the shame about. All right. Let's look. Okay. I will go on a whole tangent. I don't <laughs> control myself. But. Yeah, I think, like, when it comes to God is not mocked. Right. Right? Like, um, 
you have to realize a few things as a speaking to Christians in the audience here, right? First of all, God has a thick skin. God is not going to be pearl clutching and be like, oh, my stars, someone has made fun of me, right? And also, God doesn't need you to defend him. So if you're if you're in a group of like he doesn't need you to come to his rescue either, I should put, right? In the same time, you're called on to speak truth. Sure. Right. So I'm not saying like you can't be offended. I'm not saying like you can't speak truth when people are like, you know, uh derisory and, and mocking towards God. Sure. Yeah. Um, absolutely. But I mean, don't feel this if you're getting emotional about it. That's that's probably the wrong response. Like you need to, the first step if you're in that situation personally is, like breathe, maintain calm, and try to act in as loving a way towards the person as possible. Right. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And I uh, another thing I guess is to understand that you know God has the last laugh. <laughs> quite literally i mean in the in the psalms like i've actually had this conversation about humor with with several people and one of my friends is big on the idea that he doesn't you know he this was a big trend in the middle ages and this is gonna not gonna surprise people i don't think but there was this idea among some theologians that humor itself is sinful yeah yeah yeah, very Um, puritanical yeah uh uh, so it was that was really big in like the late classical medieval period. That's like where that that comes from. But you have uh, you have and they would point to this, and this is kind of true that that God and Jesus don't actually laugh in the Bible. So uh, God only laughs at his enemies when they try and stop him. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So uh, so there is this idea that um, that you know God will have the last laugh as well, and so that's kind of you know something you can take comfort in i guess but um but i but i don't think that that's the bible saying humor is wrong which is kind of it doesn't actually ever say that it actually says you know there's there's time for joy and things like that and so i think it what it does is that people end up extrapolating from that and they go well jesus was never recorded laughing therefore we can't laugh it's like all right well that doesn't really make any sense so yeah uh, but but it is interesting just like Eh. as a history of Christians and humor that some people thought that though it was never I would never say it was the majority of people who who thought that right right um I mean look like what's recorded in scripture is not the totality of like who Christ was and we can like understand that from writings of the apostles I, I don't know like the, the idea that like Christ didn't explicitly do this right or he didn't explicitly say that I mean right. it's like yeah, okay. this is this is usually pretty bad argumentation, just like across yeah. the across the board when it comes to like talking about certain types of things like, and all sorts of things in the church. You know, they'll be like, Jesus never said this about that, so it's bad or it's fine. Right. It's like that's, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's, it's an argument from silence. So n- not coherent. Yeah. Yeah. But we do have people um, like we do actually have humor having a purpose in the Bible, though. And it seems like the purpose that it is used in is either in order for hum- there to be humility, humility. So like people make fun of David for dancing in front of the ark. There's this scene where where the ark is coming to Jerusalem and David's dancing and he's uh, wearing a little and his his cock his, comes out. Yes, yes, he's wearing a little short, uh, a little short, uh, whatever you want to call it, robe or something. And his uh, his 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 grapes 
are out there for everyone to see. Because he's twirling around. Because he's twirling around, right. And people try and make fun of him for this, and he's he, his response is, I'll become even more undignified than this, right? That I'm going to be humble in front of God and do things for for his service, right? So there's this idea that humility is a part uh, of humor as well. But for yet- some people, showing your cock in public would be anything but humbling. <laughs> so <laughs> there's that as well. Yeah, I don't think it's a, uh, I don't think it's prescriptive. I think it's more descriptive. Um, okay, okay, fair enough. <laughs> um, and so, uh, uh, and that's, you know, maybe the attitude that, that God takes, uh, and, uh, but you also have, um, there's this famous scene in, uh, first Kings with Elijah and the prophets of Baal. Have you, do you know this story? Elijah and the prophets of Baal. Basically. I haven't read it in a long time. Yeah. So, so basically what happens is, uh, the, uh, the, the king of, of Judah, um, ends up having a, a wife, uh, Jezebel. You probably heard that yeah. name. And uh, she she's a worshiper of pagan gods, and so she brings a bunch of pagan gods into Israel. One of them is Baal, and Baal is uh, you know just a pagan god of war, agriculture kind of thunder god type guy, and um, and so Elijah and the prophets of Baal have a contest, and because uh, he's challenging them to see you know which god is is the real god, right? And so they are like, all right, what we're gonna do is we're gonna call down fire from the sky, and whoever can light their bonfire wins. Right. So, okay. uh, so they build these two piles of wood and they're debating or they're not debating, but he lets the prophets of Baal go first and they're trying all this different stuff. They're, they're actually to the point where they begin cutting themselves in order to like give sacrifice and make sure Baal comes down and lights it. And, uh, Elijah, uh, he mocks them and he says, uh, you know, uh, cry aloud for he is a God. Either he is musing or he is relieving himself or he's on a journey or perhaps he's asleep and must be awakened. So he's basically like saying, you know, maybe he's taking a dump and uh, he's uh, he can't be reached right Cal- now. Can I just say John Calvin vibes all over the place? <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, absolutely. Yeah. And so he does that. And then, the you know, they, the, the fire never comes. And then Elijah does does the miracle instead. But the idea here being that, you know, their humor is used as a way to kind of um, show the, the faults of something else. So it's used in different ways in the Bible, but it's, I wouldn't say it's either banned. Of course, it always comes down to like how you're doing it, what you're doing. That's what matters. So, yeah, I know for a fact that God thinks I'm funny. Do you, do you know that? No. How, how does, how do you know? (laughs) Uh, so I was, I was, uh, my period of like my last few months in Armenia where I was thinking like, what do I do with my life? What am I here for? Why? Okay. I never really, yeah, I couldn't come to grips with, like, um, why I have the sort of, like, array of skills that I that I do, because they don't seem to match any career path directly. Right. You know? Right. Um, and that's why I do sales. <laughs> but, but, uh, <laughs> Gotta love sales. Yes. But um, I was on a really, I was, I was doing these things where I would do these, like, hour-long prayer walks where I would just pray, like, God, like, help me figure out what to do. You know, and like I got two messages, I guess, from God during these walks. Right. Okay. So it took me weeks of prayer to arrive at this one first conclusion. And the conclusion was 
you talk. Like, you're just supposed to, like, talking is your thing, mm-hmm. right? And I was like, I hate that answer. Because here's what I was looking for. I was looking for go evangelize in Laos. Ah, okay. Or, you wanted to have something really clear. Yeah, or or become a monk. Right. Or become a priest or pastor or right. something dramatic, you know? And, like, and I was like, why am I here? What am I supposed to do? I was looking for, like, a career or a place to go or something. And the answer was you're here to talk. And I was like, A, that's not a job. Right, yeah. <laughs> okay. Can't, and B, like, that's not a direction. Yeah. So I was like, I think, like, if you're praying and you're, you're looking for, like, distinguishing your thoughts or random thoughts or random impulses from God's, hearing God's voice, like, training yourself to hear God's voice... It's always something that like is completely out of the blue. It's very rare that like you ask God a question and the response that you receive is like an answer you would have imagined as a direct answer to that question. Right. Um, so I was like, what am I supposed to do with that? Um, and then the next thing I got was. And this was another like month later of prayer because I didn't like that answer. And. The answer was like, humor is going to be an important part of your life too, right? Mm. And I was like, all right, I hate this even more than the first one. Mm. What is that? What am I like again? What do I do with that? Like, you know, we're both Westerners. We have this very like rationalistic worldview where you know, yeah, where like everything has to add up, right, and be very Aristotelian, you know, and um. I was like, this just didn't, it didn't add up. So I was upset and I kept praying and I was like, I don't like these answers. And in like another like few weeks later, the answer I got was like, you've known this your whole life and you chose to forget it. Mm. Right. Cause I was thinking to myself like, and I could feel like a little bit of anger. This just got so charismatic. I know. It is very <laughs> it's it's great. It's hilarious. But I could feel a little bit of like anger uh from God at this point being like first of all when I give you an answer like take it and run with it. Don't, you know, question me. Right. <laughs> you <know>? Right. Yeah. <laughs> Second of all, like you've pretty much known this your whole life. And what are the things you've most enjoyed during your life? It's like conversations and humor. Right. Right. And so I'm like, yeah, but that's not a job. It's not. And it was like, well, yeah, maybe it doesn't have to be in a way. Um, You're just a funny guy. Yeah. And, and it just was a really interesting. And just for the record, like I'm not one of these charismatics that like is like I hear from God every time I pray. Like, no, I heard from God in these instances that I described. And in one other instance in my life like very very clearly and that's it you know like right i don't don't need you know look for constantly like signs from the holy spirit in in my prayer life it's um this is just like a sort of very specific thing and it it came after several weeks and and months of of you know prayers for a specific answer on a specific thing so yeah um I just want to clarify that. But I mean, it was very, very intense. So like, I feel like humor, I know humor should and will continue to play like an important role in my life. 
And I, I think that humor, like God communicates to me through humor. And I feel like I communicate with him through humor. Mm. So yeah, th- this idea of like God is not mocked and that, that religion should always be serious is like, I know to be nonsense, both scripturally and experientially. Sure. Yeah. I mean, like, I think just the idea that we live lives where humor is so important is in itself a sign that it's something that is created and good and and can be used well. It's just like, how do you use it? That's, you know, that's the kind of the the rub, I guess. Uh, And of course, that can end up being used incorrectly. It can be used correctly. But yeah. So yeah, it's, it's important. It's important part of life. And I think when the when the church tries to separate itself too much, you know, uh, then it can become an issue where it seems as though one of the things that's, that's so interesting is, um, and one of my friends reminded me of this recently, and I think it's such a good point is one of Nietzsche's biggest problems with Christianity was that, you know, he would point out cause he knew the the Bible well enough of being, you know, from his time and place that he was, is he would point out how Jesus would always say, you know, hey, uh, I'm going to give you life and life to the full. And then he would look at some Christians, like, you know, some different movements and stuff like that. And he would be like, it doesn't look like you guys are living life to the full at all. (laughs) Right. And of course, like, you know, uh, he kind of goes too far where he would say any strictures are bad or whatever. But there is a kind of truth to that where sometimes it can look like or it appears as though we're saying we're supposed to live life and we're supposed to enjoy it, but that we really don't. Or that, like, we're doing everything we can to keep enjoyment to the to lowest possible. Right. Level. I mean, even asceticism at its best is meant to lead to a more fulfilling, joyous life. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it's like, sometimes it looks that way. Sometimes it doesn't. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know? Exactly. Yeah. It's like people whipping themselves and stuff like that. It's yeah, like, that's uh, bad. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if someone, like, you can tell someone who's truly full of the Holy Spirit when... They're joyous. Yeah. You know? Yes. Yeah. It's one of the fruits. Yeah. So that's that's really important. And, and people often forget that, um, you know, and, and I think that we uh, out of either emotional meaning or, or emotional reaction or something uh, end up trying to clamp down on 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 joy uh, when we shouldn't. Um, but that's 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 why there's this this weird relationship and why, you know, Monty Python will have Life of Brian and it'll be boycotted and all these other yeah. things, you know. I mean, it comes right back down to that balance, man. It's like right. one side is I am fundamentally enough and I am loved. Right. And the other side is I can always be infinitely better and I must repent. Right, right. And you can't get stuck in either one of those. You get stuck in the I'm fundamentally enough game and you stop repenting, you stop getting better and you start accepting your faults as inevitable. Right. You get stuck in the uh, I can be infinitely better, I must always repent. And you start to feel a sense of hopelessness because you're like, oh, you just focus on your flaws and your faults and and your sins and you just drown there. So um, you, it's just, it's a very delicate balancing act. Yes. And I mean, I don't know. It, it's something that is nice about the, the way that like in orthodoxy, like you fast and focus really hard on repentance on Wednesdays and Fridays and you kind of feast and you focus on joy on like Sundays and feast days um, where like, and you know, uh, it's not a hard and fast thing, obviously. Sure. Like, yeah. It's yeah. not like every Wednesday you just have to be like, 
Whoa is me. <laughs> but you know, it's just the idea that like those days should be perhaps more balanced towards yeah. rejoicing in Christ and and you know some some days should be more balanced towards repentance and focusing on uh you know like addressing the sin in your life but yeah. um you know you don't have to be in a rigid schedule obviously to do something like this but I think it's good for people to like set their own rhythm sure of keeping these things in mind and um yeah if you are able to strike that balance like and you're putting effort in to like keep those two things in mind right to me like you're doing Christianity as well as you can do it pretty much yes yeah yeah and I think that that's it, it is about the balance that we have um and that we often um weaned one way too hard or another and I think that's just because we cycle but I I do think it's it's about those fruits of the Holy Spirit are so important because they actually keep you grounded and I think that that's like a really good way to 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 know if you're being sanctified as if like those fruits are growing and not decreasing yeah. right or yeah. you know one is completely absent you might want to ask yourself why why that is so, yeah 100 percent. yeah yeah you know so um yeah so humor is great humor is a good thing um it's just is uh you know how we respond to it and how we use it that that really matters like everything else in the christian life really Hundred percent. Well, I think that's a good place to wrap up the deep dive. Yes. Uh, we have a fun question to get into, courtesy of a, a Monsieur Thomas Wong. Oh. And uh, I didn't prep for this one at all. Did you not? No. <laughs> Bruh. All right, <laughs> no, well, it's a heavy one too. We're just gonna fire from the hip. Yeah. All right. I totally forgot. Here's questions. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. And I want to have them answered immediately. You got Q's. I got A's. Can I ask you something? Yeah. Sure. Okay, <laughs> this is going to be a fun one to edit. Um, do y'all think there had to be a historical Adam, or that can be just poetry? Yeah. Yeah, so uh, firstly, I want to explain this question for our non-Christian listeners, because you guys might be like, why is this an important thing to ask? This is like the big debate when it comes down to the... Uh, um, what do you want to call it? The, the historicity of Genesis is creation narrative, right? Because a lot of people will be like, well, I'm fine accepting a larger, longer creation of, of, you know, using evolution or millions of years or something like that. But Adam as a figure is very important because that's how we get sin into the world, right? And if we are going to accept some of the teachings of Christianity that we are, you know, sinful creatures that comes from you know the words of paul where he says something like um just as in uh adam the whole world sinned all man sinned so all men can find redemption through christ jesus right the new adam you have a lot of parallelism there in the new testament so the reason that having a historical adam is so important or uh is seen as 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 having a lot of substance and can't just be something that's poetic whereas you know they could say the creation of the world is poetic the reason is is because you really want to have that genealogical link that's that has sin in in humanity so it's more of like a uh, a way of of kind of reconciling christian teaching on sin but also making sure it's traced back to 
the person who did it. That way it actually flows. Uh, always, you know, this is what people who hold to this are, are trying to do. So that's why right. Thomas asked this question. So it's not as simple or it's not. Yeah, it's not as simple as just saying, uh, you know, it's all the same or uh, you know, we can just kind of paint with a broad brush. But it is that that's why people make a big deal out of it. So, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. As far as I'm concerned, I always viewed it as a real story that is being simplified for our understanding. Yeah. You know? Okay. Yeah. I mean, I think it's still something that I'm working through. So that's why I said it's like bad that I didn't do any research for this. I forgot we were going to do this question. Um, but <laughs> no there's. Worries. There's some interesting uh, conversation about that. Actually, you know, I, I, I talked about that book last week, the one Four Views book on evolution. They have one solely on, on this issue, which is really funny. Uh, but again, Christians differ on this. So there are some like part of the BioLogos Foundation, which are theistic evolution, that type of thing. They'll say that that there is still an atom, but uh, not, you know, a maybe one that we would understand. Like maybe there's like one where that's like where the actual human spirit of humanity came to be, right? So it was evolved and then there was a person and that's, you know, Adam and Eve, but they come from something else. And then of course you have people like Ken Ham who are just going to say the Bible says what the Bible says. So you have it all over the place. Right. I honestly don't think... I mean, I think this is one of the areas, at least within Christian theology, where the creationists do a very good job of pushing the other people to think through the outcomes of what they're saying. Because I don't, I don't think, like for instance, the Vatican has a stance on this issue, or uh, right, or or I, I mean, you, the Orthodox don't Orthodox. Even have a stance, a stance on creation in general, right? So it's like it can be anything. Um, well, I mean, they they have a general stance that it is a literal story that is also. Meant that is meant to be understood symbolically. Gotcha. But that like it's sort of so they believe that like Adam and Eve are like were real people and they're not sure. just like allegories. Sure, you sure, know? sure, sure. Um, which I think the vast majority of Christians would say. Sure. Yeah. Um, I think this idea that like they're completely just symbols. Right. Is a very modern thing. Yes. Yeah. You know, but like how accurate literally every single detail is and and how much is like intentionally simplified for the for the sake of the symbolism like right. is sort of like up for up for discussion within orthodoxy i guess but yeah it, it's uh, the way i think of it and i don't know like if like what this signifies but i, I would think of it like this in the terms of evolution, right, I, I look at the Adam and Eve story as us developing higher consciousness and, like, awareness of evil and thus, like, gaining our ability to perpetrate evil on each other gotcha. kind of thing. And yeah. so I think of it like this must be pre-homo sapien, right. which is interesting Yeah. to think about. Like, this has got to be, like, some kind of, like, Adam and Eve, like, if you want to take the majority Christian position that like they're actual figures, historical sure. figures somewhere, right. somehow. Right. Um, right. Had to be like a sort of like, like pre homo sapien hominid then, because we know that like, we didn't just evolve higher consciousness as homo sapiens. We know that like, you know, earlier hominids were comparatively intelligent. Right. That's where it gets really interesting. 
Yeah, yeah. Out. And this is, I mean, this is where, like, I think that's, like, more of the theistic evolution approach to thinking about it. Whereas, like, this, these were people who were different and set apart from previous. Because, like, even within the narrative itself, you end up, they, Adam and Eve leave the garden, they're kicked out, and they have children. But then those children, they take wives from someplace else. It's like, oh, where do those people come from? Right. Right? And so it's just kind of an, int- it's a really interesting um, way of thinking about it. But yeah, I mean, I would, I mean, you know, I would look into the kind of the different thinking for me, that's a acceptable answer because again, it's kind of, if we focus too much on that, I think the important thing is that the story is teaching is that humanity has fallen. Right. right. That's <laughs> of like, course. that's I like mean, we- the point. And so, you know, it, it, it happened and that's the world we live in. And yeah. That's, that's why like, that is why the main problem of Christianity is sin. And how do you answer? Right. Sin? Like all this so. stuff is fun. If you want to look at Genesis from a scientific perspective, I mean, Jordan Peterson's uh, psychological significance of the Bible stories uh, is just breathtaking. I, I think I can't describe it any other way. It is Kermit. <laughs> so he goes into the belly of the whale and, and and you might think well that's a fine thing to do and but when you really dive into it it's that's heavy and what is a whale anyway <laughs> well that's a large creature yeah and what is a creature right. well that's something that's not us <laughs> oh my anyway <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> and then you think well what do you mean by is anyway? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's got to it's got to be or it's, or it's going to not be. But these postmodern types, they think there's a third option. Right. And it's like, sorry, sunshine, there's just not. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, thank you, yeah. Canadian Kermit. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Canadian Jesus Kermit is coming to a theater near you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To tell you to clean your room. But anyway, it's a good question. It's a good question. Um, and I'm sorry, Thomas, I didn't prepare for it. Well, I have someone long, visiting, you know, got to spruce things up a little bit. He had bit. to pick me up from the airport. Right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, uh, look, we've I'm I'm hungry. So let's yeah, just wrap too. this thing up. Yeah. We're going to get some Indian food because um, apparently this part of New Jersey is just, just like it's just ha- India. It's just India. It is it's just India. Yeah. Yeah. You know, what? it's an improvement. Honestly, <laughs> <laughs> India probably has its act together more than New Jersey. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So uh, anyway, thanks for sticking with us. Uh, if you like the show, you know, share it. Give us positive reviews, all that good noise. And uh, until next week, stay cool, cool kids. Peace out. <laughs>